Hello and welcome to the worst team up ever. This is the Falcon and Winter After Show from the Comic Crush. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm joined as always by the woman who always stands for Sebastian Stan, Liz. Hello. Hello. Um, so every week we bring you commentary, analysis, and let's face it, good old-fashioned guesswork on the latest Disney Plus MCU show. Um now, we love making these videos, largely because uh, Liz, Liz loves an excuse to hang out with me. Um, don't lie, Liz. Uh, <laughs> so help us keep going by uh, hitting subscribe, uh, hitting the no little notification bell, uh, liking the videos, sharing them with your friends and co-workers, maybe on the next Zoom meeting that you do for work. That would be good. Um, but better yet, you could check out the uh, Comic Crush Help Us Grow link that's in the description below, um, because that will take you to our Patreon, our web store, or the donate button. Um, all that money actually goes to just keeping us running, keeping us going, um, and you know, hopefully at some stage paying my phone co-host here for her time. Um, you know, so give that a look. Um, remember, we are an independent source on comics, uh, graphic novels, and of course the comic book industry, as well as comic book movies and TV and stuff like this. We, we love doing this, but it, it would be nice to to be able to, to pay for it. So do, do check that out. Now, Liz, we're gonna roll straight in to uh, this week's episode. Bit of, I think it's been a bit of a divisive episode for people online looking at the uh, some of the comments, not many, but but some of them. Certainly for me, um, for, for reasons we'll get into, uh, we'll see if you felt the same way. Uh, in fine sort of uh, Paul and Liz tradition, I'm sure you didn't. Um, now, I, I want to talk first about the opening ep um, scenes, which were this kind of cosy pastoral GRC, uh, Global Repatriation Council um, advert. And that that feel is kind of typical of those sort of Ameri big American industry ads that you see. Um, and then given such a sharp contrast with the militarized kind of uh, storming of the little internet cafe uh, in Germany, how did you feel about all that? Uh, oh, I thought that was a great opening to the episode because it like, mm. it reminds you what's going on, you know, on a larger scale. Yeah. You know, kind of what we're we're very like focused on Sam and Bucky and their mission and what they're up to. Um but it's really good to have those reminders of the snap, the you know, the blip and all the repercussions of that. And I love that they, you know, are like kind of driving everything forward with that in mind. You know, so many things are kind of, you know, reliant on the fact that the world has changed in this way. Um, and we kind of see how that is uh, is affecting everyone, you know, on a global scale um, and how it is, you know, shaping the actions of the new cap and the American government and other governments, um, as well as our heroes, you know, that we're following along with. So, mm. I mean, I've got to say, uh, Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers sounds like a really cool indie band. That uh, perhaps we're just not into yet. Um, I did like that, or he went, "Oh, do you know Carly, <laughs> Carly Morgenthau on the Flash Virgins?" It's just like, are they in town? Are they playing? <laughs> um, 
I, I, what was interesting for me with that stuff is um, one again, it, it's that contrast between the, the 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 face of the industry and what the industry actually is, um, which you you know you'll find in all sorts of. Um, there was a great ad, like a kind of almost like video takedown of that sort of advertising once. Um, that was basically basically an ad telling you how they manipulate your feelings and emotions. I'm sure you've seen it. Like it, it's got circulated like hundreds of thousands of times, um, and it, it made me think of that because, of course, you, you know that that sort of stuff. And, and there is a thing that that says uh, I, I forget who said it. It was someone famous, but um, you know that law without force is completely impotent. Um, something i'm thinking about a lot lately you know given everything that's going on on in the news what i found really interesting in those scenes was um the way walker reacts with anger towards that the the german kind of internet cafe guy uh because steve would have tried to reason that out or at least he would have tried to understand and and that just kind of gives you more hints that perhaps walker has has issues uh, which I kind of hinted at in like episode two. Yeah, um, I mean, you could never imagine Steve, um, you know, screaming in some guy's face. Do you know who I yeah. am? You know, yeah. it just would never have happened. Um, and I don't think it would have escalated to the point where the guy spat in his face really in the first place. You know, because I think he would have come in a lot more reasonable and a lot less like storming the gates and making yeah. it. Yeah, and it actually takes Battlestar to remind him in in, in the next scene you know why people follow Carly and and you know what it is about her message and what she's putting forward that makes it so kind of attractive and appealing right um now like we we're, we're kind of we jump then i mean we we're, we're back with bucking sam and we're into another place in Berlin, in Germany. And, and here's where the problem started with me for, for this episode. Because I actually have, I had a, a bit of problem, bit of a problem or two with this particular episode. I wasn't really expecting to. But I found this episode really choppy. Okay. And I think some of the, the storytelling wasn't as expedient as it could have been. Um, so you have... Cap and Battlestar in Berlin, Germany, and Bucky and Sam in Berlin, in Germany. Different places, the prison and the, you know, the internet cafe and whatnot. But I think that there was room and scope to bring those two storylines together in an actual physical sense. Um, because if you kind of get word that, one of the sort of number one enemies of the Avengers is breaking out of a prison in Germany. Like, surely they would send Cap, like, and they know Caps in Germany. Like, I just don't buy it, personally. And also, um, I think Zemo, I don't know, I would have brought it better if Zemo engineered his own escape i mean maybe he did he was really machiavelli to me that he what he did that, well, that was what I took from that you know I, like, he him but he was the mastermind behind it 
Sure. But I mean, he's I, had I a lot of time to think about this. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but I, I just, I just found this episode really choppy and, and just again, the storytelling is not that expedient because we, we find out that Zemo then, you know, when we find out he's a bar Baron, I just didn't know he was going to be Baron exposition because I mean, the amount of kind of shortcuts they take and they use Zemo for in this episode is just ridiculous. And it, it's like a lot of this could have been done in action. So, you know, you have them pulling up to the uh, arriving at the airport where Zemo's got the private jet and they've, we've already seen the flash cars that his family have kind of stockpiled. Um, we see the mask, but we're not really given an origin for the mask. I find it a bit, odd that he's got that mask already like i'd like to know a bit of history behind that but i understand there wasn't necessarily time for that in this episode even though they took an awful lot of time for everything else <laughs> but you know and sam just says oh what you've been rich this whole time and i i just thought it was clunky as hell like if they'd been getting on the plane and the butler had gone, oh, you know, good to see you again, Baron Zemo. And Sam had gone, what do you mean, Baron? You know, just something like that. But instead he just goes, oh, you've been rich this whole time. And he goes, yeah, I'm a Baron. And it's just like, this is clunky. Like this okay, is I clunky. I did not feel that way at all. I, oh, God. <laughs> I thought it just flowed just fine. And you were like, you know, basically um, – they are kind of, you know, it's it's a bit of a retcon from what they presented you with in sure. before, but it is the character. It's like, okay, if you're going to do Baron Zemo, you want all this stuff. Like, you know, I want all this stuff. This is like, you know, and like putting him in the coat, putting him in the mask, like all of that. I was like, you know, in like little, you know, fangirl heaven. Okay, I've, I've, I've no, I've no problem. Things. Sorry. I've no problem with the accoutrements. I've no problem with okay. the mask or the coat or any of that. I would have just liked some background to the mask. I mean, maybe we'll get it in a, in a later episode. I don't know if we will get it or not, but, you know, I mean, we may, we may not. It may be that they kind of make it so that, okay, he just grabbed that as, like, you know, the first thing he saw that could be used to hide his identity. Or they could give you, like, you know, a whole background with it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we both know that there have been two Baron Zemos. Um, you know, the original Baron Zemo is Heinrich mm. Zemo, who is his dad. So, you know, maybe his dad wore the mask. Like, you know, I mean, obviously in the comics, he would have done, um, you know, so we, we may find out more little details. I wasn't nitpicky about that. I wasn't nitpicky okay. about the mask. I was just happy to see it. I was just like, cool, yeah. great. I'm going to okay. get a couple masks. Um, <laughs> I, did not, I did not find it necessary at all for there to be any kind of like involvement from John Walker um, at this stage. You know, yeah, sure. He may have heard that like Zemo broke out, but he made a point to say that he plans to follow Sam and Bucky and let them lead him to uh, the Flag Smashers. Mm. So he could be following them the whole time just from a distance. Could, yeah. Could have been, and, uh, and, and I've got allowing them to just kind of take off and and you know even let Zemo lead him wherever he needs to go. I uh, later, I, I do have a theory about that uh, as well, which we'll, we'll, we'll get to hopefully later. Um, but you, you know, th there is some good stuff on that in that plane sequence. Um, you know, Zemo uh, telling his butler to to give them the, the crappy food. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and the whole thing with like the Trouble Man soundtrack, like you know, all of that hilarious. And, and interestingly, because we we uh, we didn't get to bring it up in the first episode, but we we talked about it in the second, which was the the Bucky's list compared to Steve's li Steve's list. And this week, we find out that that actually they're writing that list in the same book. And I I loved that. I thought that was such a nice. It was a really sweet, email, you know, that Bucky would have Steve's notebook and be using mm. it for his own sort of healing and growth and everything. Um, so I loved that. Um, and I really liked seeing this side of Zemo because, like, you know, the, the Zemo we see in Civil War is like very, you know, um, he he's very different. You don't really see this kind of like more, you know, like. The, the the kind of like playful kind of villainous side of him you see this very kind of tortured individual who you know mm. loves family and everything and um you know this it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna have Zemo come back you kind of want to see him as like you know a proper villain too you know and like uh and I love the dynamic of him having to work with them it's like a favorite trope of mine uh you know to see the heroes kind of have to work with the villain to get what they all want. Um, and while they don't really trust him as far as they can throw him, they have to rely on him. And I like that. And I think that's part of the point that they were making by saying like, well, he's got all the resources and they need to just kind of, you know, like, like it or not rely on him, you know, to get them what they need. Mm. And, and it's interesting that the, the, the kind of, you know, his manipulation starts straight away on the plane. Um, and because he, he kind of starts dividing them straight away, straight away, dividing conquer. You can tell he's been reading Machiavelli, which, you know, it's, you know, he, he's employing the simplest forms of that stuff um, possible. Uh, and his... The, the the kind of bat that he uses to try and beat Sam down with is, is culture and education. Um, you know, because as much as, you know, Sam talks about Marvin Gaye, but he doesn't talk about why Marvin Gaye is great. But, and yet Zemo does. Like he, he sort of nails the point of, of why Trouble Man might be considered a great album and, and all this um, and then, of course, when we see them entering Mad Rapport and Sam makes the comment about looking like a pimp and Zemo is, well, I, I only, you know, only an American would con consider a, a forward, a fashion forward uh, black man to, be, look, to look like a pimp when they're wearing this outfit. And it's just like, yeah, actually, he's, he's kind of hitting Sam with some really interesting points. And he's using Sam's own culture against him. And it, it's just like, okay, that's that's really interesting. It's actually a really interesting place for the show to go. Um, There's a lot of interesting stuff that came from mm. that conversation on the plane. Like, um, you know, even, even, you know, in that same conversation about the Trouble Man soundtrack, you know, we're kind of reminded, um, you know, Bucky, like, says, yeah, yeah, I liked it, you know, but without a lot of enthusiasm. And he's like, yeah, I like 40s music. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of makes the point that, like, Bucky, you know, his, like, heyday that he still looks back to as, like, the good times is still, like, the 40s. Yeah. You know? And in the way that Steve, like, embraced, you know, moving forward and, like, you know, oh, Steve loved Marvin Gaye. Um, you know, Bucky's like, yeah, it was okay. You know, he hasn't really gotten to the point where he loves being in the present, you know, and he loves, True. like, 
yeah, sort of, and, and he wants to be part of like, you know, this kind of new world that Steve did want to be part of. And and actually so much of the the issue with Bucky is rooted in his is his past, in his past, and of course the wider past past of the shield and cat. And then beyond that, the wider past of the war and 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 beyond even that. So that's kind of as you say, that that's fascinating stuff for them to start playing with. Um you know, we have a brief kind of um, move away from this stuff for a bit to see what's going on with Carly Morgenthau um, and how they're planning to kind of, um, well, they're, they're, they're clearly planning a job. You don't get told necessarily what job it is. But we also find out something about Carly in, in that she, she is kind of, um, paying a visit to to someone who is clearly dying, but we don't know the relationship yet. Like it's it doesn't seem to be a mother because the well, I mean the name is different for a start, but I, I like I I, I I'm like wondering about that. Like you know, like probably a younger woman. So either like you know a close friend, a yeah. lover. Like we don't really know. Um, so I, I'm kind of curious to find out who that that person is well i mean we're told her name um which is yeah. Sonia madani which is a kind of interesting because there is a character yeah. in, uh, in the punisher <laughs> i was thinking that like, yeah i don't think there's any relation but uh you know there's dinah madani in the punisher series i think it's yeah. but uh you know i this isn't a character that i've heard of from the comics or anything like that so um i think uh you know as, as far as i know it's just a character that we're, you know, we're going to find out a little bit more about in the show. But we find out later in the episode that she did, in fact, die, yeah. um, you know, and they they end up following a lead, you know, kind of about her. And that's like, you know, how they kind of know to go look for the flash flag smashers where they do. Um, but, yeah, we see, you know, we see that Carly, you know, obviously cares very much about this person. And, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll kind of get some more, you know, clarity on what the relationship yeah. is. Um, but, you know, back in Madripoor, we're giving, like, I, I actually really like the scenes entry in Madripoor. Now, now Madripoor, we should say, now, I only know Madripoor from mentions in, or, or some stuff in the X-Men. Um, but it's quite a big part of the Marvel Universe, right? Yeah, so it's like, basically, Madripoor is sort of like, um, it's sort of like the most Eisley of, uh, of the Marvel Universe. It's like, you know, the... Uh, the you know if you need some place that's kind of you know lawless and you know really like you know like the divide between rich and poor is really extreme and you know uh you know basically there you know there's just danger everywhere you you turn uh you know you kind of go to matter poor as far as you know it's a place where the writers can kind of you know play with those kind of concepts and like yeah certainly a lot of x-men and wolverine storylines you know mm. you know, in madripoor um i think the most you mentions it's like you know it used to be like a haven for pirates uh mm. so it kind of has that lawless pirate you know mentality still um so when we first arrive in madripoor um we're put in like there's you know so they, there's like you know like i said with the rich poor divide there's Lowtown, which is where all the poor people are, and Hightown, which is, you know, where we 
come to find out that, you know, some uh, another character that we know mm. very well, when she appears, you know, she takes them to Hightown. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the texture of the scenes going into Madripoor. Uh, like the Bunraki boys, I mean, they're not Bunraki boys, but they're, they're, I guess they're the, the Indonesian equivalent on the motorbikes with the glow-in-the-dark mask was fantastic. And it's just like the, the colours they were using there. Very um, kind of, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, and it reminds me of what, what um, I can't remember the name of the author, but when he wrote about um, uh, Mumbai, I think it was, and he, and he described it as a maximum city. Uh, and that's kind of what Madripoor looked like to me, you know, maximum city. And you have all that kind of graffiti and art on the walls, some of which looked like comic book art, uh, which was interesting. And, of course, you have the the graffiti that tells you the power broker is watching. Um, we still don't know who the power broker is. There's been some speculation online. Uh, people are apparently trying to guess uh, is this a character? Now we, we talked about the power broker in episode two. Can I can't remember if if you mentioned this or not. Is it a character that that's been given a name, like a, an identity, there or is it just two, the power broker? Yeah, there are two different characters who have been you know called the power broker. Mm. Uh, so you know, but mm. Marvel can do what they want. You know, if they want to give this oh, yeah. to somebody else, they can do that. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I like totally applaud anybody who wants to like speculate about, you know, who the power broker is, uh, you know, because they, it's, it's like, you know, uh, the MCU doesn't always play hard and fast by the rules. Like, you know, like they've changed Carly from, you know, Carl Morgenthau to Carly, mm. um, et cetera. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very open to it being a character that we've already met along the way. You know, because I like that, you know, I thought it was interesting that they kind of, you know, even though we're kind of beginning to see that the power broker is maybe the real villain of the piece, um, you know, we haven't met them yet, as far mm. as we know. Yeah. And um, I, I love the way you sound like a, a total Marvel stand there, Liz. Marvel can do what it wants. <laughs> <laughs> of course they can. Um, so when we get into the bar, we have them kind of assuming old identities or new identities in some cases. Sam is pretending to be the uh, smiling, oh, tiger. God, smiling, smiling tiger, smiling tiger. Yeah, that is, is that a character? Yeah, that is a known character. Um, right. you know, and they even use his name, Conrad Mack. Um, and that's a character who you know he kind of like has a a history, um, you know, uh, with Madripoor, like, you know, mm. he kind of spends a long time, you know, in the underworld of Madripoor. So it kind of would make okay. sense for him to, you know, have Sam use his identity. Uh, and of course, but Bucky then has to slip back into the identity of the winter soldier, uh, which he does with a plum. I, I quite enjoyed that, that sequence. Um, but we also see, of course, see someone we find out will be Sharon Carter sneaking off in the background. Um, uh, he comes into play in a bit. Now, we meet this character, Selby, um, who is, is kind of herself some kind of broker or sort of criminal mastermind working out of Madripoor, uh, dealing with, with Zemo and and Sam. I, I actually kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of find her, found her a bit annoying. But uh, <laughs> Well, you didn't have to find her annoying for long. Yeah, but, you know, personal taste and all that. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that scene blips by. I, I just, again, I, I, the whole thing with Sam having to answer the call, I, I just found it all a bit clunky this week. Um, well, it was not Sam's finest hour. Like you no. know, like why did you not turn your phone off, Sam? Um, you know, just, <laughs> just really not like your A game here. I, I want to say I'm not really knocking the the. I, I, I think I found the pacing in the episode being the problem this week, and I'm not knocking the writing, which I, I believe this episode is written by Derek Colstad, who does do comics. Um, you, you know, you, you regularly see his name pop up on 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 Marvel books, um, but uh, I, I'm not knocking the writing as such. You know, I, I couldn't do it better, but I, I just found some of the pacing a bit a bit off. This week, but of course, so, so Zemo and Sam and, and Bucky are rescued by by Sharon Carter, um, who makes a lot of noise about still being kind of ostracised from the American kind of secret services. I personally think I'm going to say it now. I think Agent Thirteen is still Agent Thirteen. Um, I I. Don't think for a what minute. She, what? <clears throat> well, I mean that I think she she definitely still is working for the American Secret Services in some capacity. Um, I think she's probably working for the GRC. I think she she's almost definitely in communication with Cap. Um, I I think all that argument about oh how stupid the um, the stars and the stripes are and all that stuff is just a smokescreen. Um, I, I think she's kind of making herself seem like one thing and she is actually another. I, I don't, like, I, I still think she's kind of undercover, basically. There's definitely um, something going on with Sharon. I mean, you know, we, we like, you know, the, the sort of note we leave her on is that she mm. calls someone up to say, oh, there's a problem. Mm. And uh, there's also the fact that she uh she quite brutally kills quite a lot of people in this episode. That was so badass. So while whilst um um Bucky and Zemo and Sam are all questioning Nagler, is it? Uh who's the scientist who has recreated the super soldier serum. I don't know how hard that is for me to say, but <laughs> He's recreated the serum. And whilst they're having this quiet little chat with him, she kills seven people. Right. Yeah. She, and, and she, she she's defends. Also who kills uh, Selby, you know, yeah. when, they're, when they're like, you know, about to be all shot by her henchmen. Yeah. She, she defends that entire yard by herself. I mean, that is amazing. I love that. Um, it, it also it proves that chivalry is completely dead in the Marvel universe because at no stage does one of the guy, the tough guys run out to help her. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, okay guys, come on. You're all you're all kind of trained combatants. <laughs> right. There's definitely a side of Sharon that we haven't really seen before. No. Like, you know, we know she's a soldier and that soldiers mm. have to kill and everything like that, but they're definitely showing you this side of Sharon that, you know, in the uh you know, in Winter Soldier, in Civil War, you know, she's a pretty straight arrow, you know, and it's pretty easy to suss her out as like, you know, she's one of the good guys. And like here we kind of see some darker shades. Um, yeah. 
Sharon. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I thought she was great in, in this episode. Um, but again, I, I still find, I, I love the fact that Bucky goes, oh, she's <laughs> she's become really annoying. <laughs> yeah, she's really horrible now. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but she, she's right. She is kind of pointing out that, that Bucky does still believe in all the, the stars and stripes crap. And, and, you know, maybe she is just really, really burnt from her experiences in, in Winter Soldier where... And indeed, in Civil War, where, you know, she keeps finding herself on the wrong side of the government she's working for and, and believes in. Um, so maybe it is that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fully ready, as always, to be, be proven wrong. In fact, I always quite enjoy being proven wrong by these things because it means that the story has outwitted you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the reveal of of how much super soldier super soldier serum is out there is is quite daunting 20 and well we know that at least roughly half that has been used already um by by carly and and her cohorts um but there's still some on the open market well carly has it and carly fully expects the power broker to kind of bend to her will now that she's that nagel is dead um also, I've got to point out just how great Zemo was in. I mean, first of all, can we give a shout out to Zemo dancing? Oh, I like it. Uh, was just yeah. the worst. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It's like. No, but you know what I mean? Come on. Um, yeah, just, you know, he's like just totally happy to be there, just happy to be out of prison. Like, you know, <laughs> Sam and Bucky are like angsting about everything that's going on. And Zemo's just like, yeah, it's a party. I'm just going to go dance. Yeah, I loved it. Um, that That's now, there is now a Twitter account called Zemo Dancing or something like that, where you can request a track and <laughs> whoever's running it just puts up. <laughs> the name of the track and the singer and the little gif of Zemo oh. dancing. Uh, it's also been pointed out um, how much uh, Daniel Brawl resembles a young uh, Billy uh, Corgan uh, from Smashing oh, Pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, so, yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's something in it. Maybe we could be looking at a music career for Daniel Brawl here. I don't know. Um, dancing <laughs> But yeah, I, I really love Zemo in this episode. Oh yeah, um, like I mean, yeah. Um, we'll 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 get more into it, but you know, like pretty much every moment that he was on screen brought me joy. Yeah, I, I really loved it. Um, so I mean, they they kind of escape with their lives, having found out. You know, Zemo kills Nagel, which is completely Nagel. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, which is completely in keeping with his kind of beliefs, which is there cannot be more superpowered people running around. Um, and I, I really like that he did that because yeah, it's what he would do. Um, yeah. you know, as much as like he, you know, is helping them out, we, we can never kind of like look past the fact that he's got his own agenda. Mm. Um, you know, and there was that, you know, going back to the conversation they had on the plane, um, you know, he, he kind of reminds them like, um, that it's dangerous when, um, these superheroes like Captain America get put on pedestals and become icons, you know, because then people begin to lose sight of them as human beings that have flaws. Mm. Um, and that's what allows them to, you know, like potentially 
start wars and, you know, and let uh, innocent people kind of fall, um, you know, as collateral damage, which is, you know, what happened in Sokovia. Um, you know, and he makes comparisons with Hitler and stuff like that. And that's, yeah. you know, that is his, you know, those are his beliefs. And that is, you know, kind of where he's always going to be coming from, you know, so whether he's working with them or not, you know, that is always going to be underlying everything he does. Mm. So they're taking him, you know, where he wants to be as much as he's taking them where they want to be. It's interesting because I was watching the end of Civil War the other day. It was still on my, my sort of queue list for for Disney Plus, and I, I like there was a couple of minutes to go, so I just yeah watched that last few minutes in the end just to clear off the queue list really. And um, it there's that great scene where um, uh, uh, Everett Ross says to him, you know, you, you failed spectacularly, or your plan failed spectacularly, and he just goes, did it. It's just like, no, of course he didn't. And it, it's just like, yeah, he, he is a tactician and a master. And again, brings you back to the Machiavelli stuff. He, he There's a reason why he's, he's kind of reading that, reading that stuff. He, he is a kind of really skilled um, military tactician. And, and that's, that's what he's doing, his psychological warfare all the way through. Uh, the scene of him heading out onto the top of the... The, the shipping crate and shooting the gas pipe was great. I loved that. Um, and, then, and then, of course, finding the supercharger. <laughs> the Dodge supercharger was great. Um, I yeah. think he uses them. Like, you know, he mm -hmm. did Sam and Bucky. Um, and it's like, yeah, he, you know, basically proves that he can get away if he wants to. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but then he comes and gets them, you know. Yeah. So he like, you know, comes back with the car and is like, oh, hop in, guys. You know, so he's yeah, he's got a plan. Um and as you say, if he's been planning the prison breakout, who knows what he's gone beyond that and and, and planned. Um I, I can kind of see Zemo becoming a bigger threat threat at the end of this. They better leave him alive. Like if they kill oh, him off, no. I'm gonna be, you know, if they if they if they, they give him like a, a, a crossbones ending where they, they just waste him straight away funny enough i was reading i can't remember if we talked about this on one of the previous episodes but um apparently frank grillo almost didn't come back for endgame um because of the fact that they killed him off in in civil war and he was like no no way i didn't like the way this was done i'm not coming back and apparently his son kind of just went to him look how could you not be part of this? Like it's, it's the last time, you know, that, that they're all going to have these guys on screen together and like, you should, you should definitely do this. And he, he then kind of called up the, wow. the Russo's and went back. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope they don't waste him. You know, I, I hope oh, he's going to be a lingering threat, even if it's just in the shows. Like right. I, I would love to see him come back every now and then. Yeah, because he's um, such a spectacular villain. Like I feel like yeah. you know, like what I feel like what they're doing now should be building up to you know a bigger role for him. Um, you know, uh, because I you know I think I feel like they're just kind of getting started with this character. You know, uh, I'd, I'd really like to see more of him. And you I, know, I love that they've now got him in the costume. You know. Uh, with all the gadgets and the uh, you know like the private jets and all that stuff. 
um, you know, with the resources that you kind of expect them to have. And uh, so I, you know, I, I, I'm in total agreement that I'm going to be really devastated if they just kill him off. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, and also we've got, you know, lingering questions about Sharon, as you say. Um, but most importantly for this episode, um, uh, we, we get to, uh, I can't remember where they go in Eastern Europe now. It's, is it Bratislava Latvia. or Latvia? Yeah. Um, and you know, they talk about what's happened to Sokovia after, after <laughs> Ultron had finished with it, which was basically got, gets swallowed up. Um, and they talk about the memorial, which we think we'll see because it did feature heavily in the trailers. There was the scenes of Zemo outside the um, Sokovian Memorial. Um, and most excitingly, we see uh, the return of one of the uh, Dora Milaje from Black Panther, yeah. um, which I, I thought was great. I forget the name of the character now, but she was uh, featured. Ayo. By... It's sorry. Ayo. Ayo. Thank you. Um, but she she featured actually quite heavily in the first Black Panther movie and in and I think she's actually in Civil War. Um, yeah, you're probably I, right. Um, I, I, I think she's the the kind of she's the character that has the sort of little face off with um, Black Widow in Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a tiny moment of a few seconds where she just tells her, you know, move or I'll move you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I've got a feeling that's her. Um, but yes, very interesting. I love the fact that you get the, uh, the, the, the kind of uh, Wakandan music as well as, as you see AO, like I, I loved all of that. Um, really surprised to see them. I mean, well, I shouldn't have been because they mentioned right. Wakanda near the beginning. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it made perfect sense. I, when he started finding those little balls on the ground, I was like, yeah. oh, what is this? Like, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, okay, who's who's about to appear, who dropped these mm. things? But of course, you know, it makes perfect sense that it would be the Dora Milaje. You know, of course, they would be all over it if Zemo escapes. You know, he killed their king. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to just, like, leave that alone. Uh, so it was perfect to me that it, you know, that they would show up. Um, and and also, it's it's good because I, I wonder if they'll make AO a major part of um, the new World of Wakanda series that's coming um, because they've they talked about that a little bit. I know Ryan Coogler is very heavily involved in, in that at the moment as well as Black Panther 2. Um, and that's going to explore the wider kind of uh, um, country of Wakanda and the sort of more street-level stuff. Um, so I wonder how heavily this will lead into that. We don't know because there's no sort of start date for that show yet, as far as I know. Um, and then they have talked about it very little, but yeah, exciting stuff happening. Um, I, I hope next week settles down a bit. I, I just felt this being the midway point, it, it was a bit the pacing was just slightly off for me, very choppy, very choppy. Okay, um, that. Carry on, carry on. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Okay. I, 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 with... I did not feel that at all. Like, I, to me, I, like, I loved every second of this episode, like, start to finish. I really didn't feel any pacing issues. For me, that didn't happen. Um, I felt that it all, like, you know, flowed in a nice way. Um, you know, I, 
I liked um, sort of the way they handled like, you know, the Baron Zemo stuff, you know, because they hadn't really touched on any of those aspects of him as a villain in Civil War. They kind of did something different there. Um, but I wanted that, you know, like if you're going to reintroduce him, I thought that those things are kind of, you know, they're components of his character that kind of, for me, um, really make him the character I know from the comics, you know, beyond just being the great sort of, you know, military tactician. And, um, you know, I, 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 I geek out over stuff like the puffy coat and the, you know, purple mouth. Oh, look, I, I like, I like all the accoutrements. I just, uh, again, like the trouble I have with it is it's a supervillain identity for a person that hates supervillains. And I, I just want to find out some sort of background as to where that comes from. I didn't necessarily need it in this episode. So I am griping a, uh, a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I just felt the pace was off again. Like everyone's doing a great job on this show. Um, I, I think the um, director and writers, Derek Colstader, like I've read some of his comments, he's, he's a really good writer. So I, I've got no um, issue there. I just felt this episode was slightly off um compared to the first two but i'm sure i think we'll be sort of smoothed over um that's pretty much us done we've got to say hello to new subscribers this week hello guys thank you very much for subscribing including charisma effect uh our buddy um we, we see him in in all, all the time we just want to say hello uh that is of course his uh uh um online name <laughs> <laughs> his real name <laughs> that would be interesting um hello and also mr dan bussy again he has a message just to say um how much he's loving zemo in this latest episode um <laughs> right there with you dan um so hello dan thanks for thanks for messaging in, in with that guys if you want to kind of shout out on the show um do drop us a comment in the box there. Uh, drop us a like, drop us a subscribe, and uh, share the episode with your pals. I, I know you want to. We want you to. Um, come on, put, push us up on the, in the subscribers. We would love to have more of you watching and, and telling us what you think about this show and, of course, about the show we're talking about um, or anything related to comics. We've got more good video shows coming up. Um, there is a new episode of the Comics Touch with myself and uh, Gemma from Travelling Man on the YouTube channel now. There is a brand new from Panels to Pictures with me and Nikki, which is all about the Snyder Cut, which I know, I know is a, <laughs> a film that people want to talk about. We are still hoping to do the Patreon only get together with all the hosts of the sort of film and TV related shows. Um, but there's been a few things this week that kind of set that back, um, but we will kind of reschedule it. So it is coming Patreon guys. There is about to be some new stuff happening for the patrons as well. I'm going to start messaging you. If any of your patrons and you're watching this now, I'm going to start messaging you soon. Um, you'll get an email um just asking you some questions about the patreon and of course telling you about some new things we're going to be doing and of course we have other shows planned for youtube 
so we, we're sort of discussing things now but we've we've got a great new show lined up and of course we will always be back for the marvel stuff um we've got loki in june and then black widow in july um but yeah catch those other episodes they're, they're on the youtube channel now all in the playlist do take a look at the help us grow button and link because it, it quite literally helps us go it helps us do shows like this um and, and of course check out the web store so if you want to buy some comics got some comics there for you and the website loads of articles and things going on in there every week um yeah thanks guys like share subscribe because we need your support and, and we love it and we love to hear from you so thank you very much for watching thank you as always to my amazing co-host liz giving us all the deep background on these characters uh where they're from and helping me kind of figure out where they might be going and of course thanks to you the viewers because without you it's just not worth doing so thanks very much liz see you later bye catch you guys next time on the cross